The Reluctant Mentor, Chapter 2 Athergast felt wonderful, and it wasn't just that he didn't have to teach the rest of the semester. No, this job would be his last. He'd be in and out in a minute. See, princes might be pompous, spoiled prats most of the time, but they were also reliably well-trained in the art of swordcraft, jousting, and whatever else might toil away the inane existence of the ultra-wealthy. So, despite his arthritis, Athergast found himself skipping out of the boardroom and up to his quarters. He might have forgotten about his little fur and scaled friend, if not for the Dahlia having already returned to his bedroom and making a nest of his quilts. Oh, it's you, he said as way of greeting. The Dahlia peeped. I don't even want to guess where you've designated your toilet. That spot in the corner looked mighty suspicious. Well, friend? Athergast couldn't recall the last time he'd uttered that F-word. Looks like you'll have to find yourself new accommodations. Peep. I'm going away for a while. Peep. To the capital. I've got a prince to meet. Athergast held up his least moth-eaten robe and eyed his appearance in the pockmarked mirror leaning against the wall. Peep. It's not that bad. He turned this way and that, then threw it on the bed. Oh, you're right. They'll never let me into the castle looking like that. He fingered the now very hefty bag of gold on his belt for his travel expenses. He had to keep receipts for the Academy's records, but... A shopping trip before we go, I go, he corrected. Peep! Of all the wizardly things Athergast disliked, shopping was one he really didn't mind. And that tin of the chewable stuff, too. Athergast pointed over the shopkeeper's shoulder. The woman collected the supplies. Three boxes of cheap cigars, a tin of chewable tobacco and a bag of the loose stuff for his own enjoyment. The shopkeeper, struggling through some ethical conundrum, held back the contents as she watched Athergast slide the coins across the counter. This is a lot of tobacco. It is, the wizard agreed. And you're quite a, well, experienced gentleman. Thank you. What I mean to say is, this much tobacco isn't good for anyone's heart. Athergast glanced up from his counting. It's not all for me. She raised a brow. He straightened, letting his shiny new midnight robes, with gold stars for added sparkle, do the talking. Look, are you going to give it to me or not? I don't want to be responsible for your untimely demise. Not untimely if I'm ready for it, Athergast countered. The shopkeeper sighed, but relented, and Athergast soon pushed out of the tinkling little door to stand on the busy streets of Valerius, his bag of gold much lighter than before. He turned toward his last errand in the city, the Academy's stables. The Dahlia poked its nose out of his pocket, its ears twitching with interest. As far as journeys went, Athergast's trip to the capital was relatively uneventful. During those three weeks of staying at various roadside inns, taverns, and the occasional hospitable peasant where commerce couldn't abide, Athergast encountered only one bandit. The bandit hadn't been all too clever in his surprise, jumping out at Athergast's horse and cart and brandishing a little knife that was hardly more than a sharpened spoon. Athergast hit him with a burst of blinding light and had him hovering upside down ten feet off the ground and kicking madly before the man could hiccup. By the time he let the struggling robber go, he dizzily swayed side to side, spun for a retreat, and ran headlong into a very solid tree. To be fair, 
Most trees were solid, except for the Philippi whipples that grew in the mountainous regions of Siddlehorn. Stand too close to one of those, and they'd absorb you like a blob of Sunday jello. While Athergast checked that the unconscious man was still breathing, Vidalia snuffled around his person in search of cigars, coming up with a few meager scraps of darrow leaf. Then they were back off down the road. <laughs> 